Big night, bigger budget for Governor Tony Evers. This was the night that the governor introduced his first uh, budget proposal, his blueprint for spending. And man, there is a lot of spending in this budget. We are joined in the special edition, uh, budget night edition of MacGyver Newsmakers with Speaker Robin Voss, Speaker of the Assembly. Let me get your first impressions right away on... Um, what you saw in this budget, what you heard from this governor. Well, continuing your big, it's a big disappointment. It's big taxes, big spending. Um, and, and unfortunately, it just didn't have to be this way. You know, we have a guy who got elected in November. Uh, obviously, I did not vote for him. But he ran on a platform of saying, let's work together. Let's try to find common ground. And then literally for the last month, almost every day, every other day, he's put out one more liberal proposal. And tonight, what's amazing is, just as bad as I thought it was walking in here, wondering what was left to do, there's a whole lot of things that he didn't even have the courage to talk about. In this bill, he repeals right to work. He repeals the work requirements for welfare. So somebody who's able-bodied, if Tony Evers' budget would pass, would be able to sit at home and watch TV. For the people who are listening, I know they are more than willing to help somebody who's down in their luck. But if you're able-bodied, and with the worker shortage we have today, I don't know why we'd want to do anything to encourage people not to go and take the jobs that are in almost every main street in Wisconsin. So I honestly, when I came in here, Matt, I did not think I could be more disappointed than I was, um, but I should have expected more from somebody who got elected based on the people who live in downtown Madison. Uh, he has a budget that they must love. Um, I haven't opened up my windows, but I bet there's cheering in the streets um, because this is exactly what people want. Uh, $1,000 in spending for every man, woman, and child in the state. If Governor Evers' budget became law, it would have the highest property tax increases in almost a decade. Um, this would be you know, a budget that would literally turn Wisconsin around. Uh, and I don't know anybody who says we don't like where we are. Lower taxes, more jobs, rising wages, investments in public schools. Uh, we can do all that without raising taxes, and that's what's so darn disappointing. What is interesting to me is that if this budget came to be, that is to say, if the Republicans, the conservatives that control the legislature th this time, just suddenly lost their fiscal conservative senses and said, we're going to give you everything you want, and it passed, and it was implemented, over the next two years, what do you think the reaction from the average taxpayer in the state of Wisconsin would be? Well, rightfully so, we'd be recalled. Um, because those of us who ran for office and have spent the last eight years fixing, you know, decades worth of problems that were ignored by folks in the past. Uh, we know that we finally got public employee spending under control. We know that we still have some of the best ACT scores in the country. We have school districts all across the state that are doing an exceptional job. Uh, and to be able to go and say, we want to put back the special interests in charge of our government. We want to make sure that every possible thing that was done under Governor Walker would be repealed. I, I, would, I would put my body in the train tracks before I would let that happen. This is never going to happen in our state. Um, I'm going to try very hard to look through this budget and see if there are good ideas that we can use because he did get elected, and I'm sure hopefully there are some in there that we can find. But honestly, they didn't consult us. They never asked for our opinions other than what we read in the newspaper. Uh, I think we had some pretty bipartisan ideas that we offered, covered pre-existing conditions, a middle-class tax cut. You notice how quickly he dropped that? Mm -hmm. Never mentioned it in tonight's speech. It's there, but he didn't mention right. it. Right. It was all about the increases in spending. That's mm -hmm. what his heart says is the most important. So while I certainly respect the fact that the people of Wisconsin narrowly, by 30,000 votes, chose him over Governor Walker, I think an awful lot of people, if they really looked at this budget 
budget would say, that's not what I voted for. I didn't vote for a return back to the Jim Doyle dark days with rising unemployment and out-of-control taxes. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss joining us in this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Let's talk about the big ticket items. Mm -hmm. uh, and you called this at uh, your press conference post-address. You said this is nothing more than a liberal wish list. Mm -hmm. Um, his core areas, of course, include things like Medicaid expansion. Mm -hmm. You and uh, Senator Fitzgerald have said from the very beginning, these are non-starters, mm -hmm. yet they're there. Um, you knew that's where he was going to go, but now what happens with these non-starters? Well, I cannot imagine, under any circumstances, a Republican majority voting for the largest expansion of welfare uh, in almost two decades. It is not going to happen on my watch. Uh, so I understand that if you're a liberal from Madison, you think that the only way to get health care is by having the government drive up costs on the private sector so that the government sector can provide it. I saw the report that came out just this last week that it would be a $600 million increase uh, in premiums for families who are paying their own way or their employer is. Uh, I certainly am not going to drive up health care costs. I think that's a crazy idea. So um, if you think about it, um, here's a fair way to characterize the budget. If there's an increase in spending on a welfare program, it's probably not going to happen, especially in expansion. If there's an increase in income, sales, all these different taxes, probably not going to happen. Um, but have faith. We're going to go through the process. Uh, we still have to look and find areas if we can to compromise on. Um, but we are never going to compromise our principles, I promise you that. You're starting over? That's what I'm gathering from? In general. I mean, yeah. yes, we're going to probably start over, but look for areas that we could take from his budget if mm -hmm. there are good ideas. You know, once again, I haven't had the chance to look through it. I mean, Senator Fitzgerald said it best. It's really a thousand-page press release. Uh, that's what it does. I don't even think it's all that serious. But I think some of the issues that are in the budget are serious. You know, how do we deal with rising homelessness? How do we deal with uh, folks who, through no fault of their own, um, you know, are dealing with opioids or people who are taking care of foster kids because they got lost because a parent is on drugs? Mm -hmm. So I think there are some areas we could find common ground on. But if it's based on higher taxes and, you know, big expansions of government, that's where we're going to have to draw the line. Speaking of higher taxes, transportation will certainly see uh, gas tax increase laid out in the budget. Eight cents. Now he says that he would, uh, it appears, be willing to deal with the minimum markup law, and that's something that I know a number of conservatives are. Uh, you know, that that's an issue that's important to them: the repeal of the the minimum markup law. Does that move the meter, do you think, in your caucus, or do you think in the Senate caucus? Well, if you remember last year, uh, we proposed something that mm -hmm. was somewhat similar. Right. Um, Dale so Coyenga's bill. Dale Coyenga's bill, and yeah. I supported that. So I certainly think it's an idea that I am open to looking at. But once again, it seems like every time where we have the potential cusp of agreement, uh, he looks for ways that would be a poison pill to say, well, not, I'm not really serious. So, look, I think we could get a revenue increase because I do not want to borrow and spend. I am somebody who believes that borrowing is not the right long-term answer for any government. You can do a little bit of it, but you can't rely on it. But the basic idea of repealing prevailing wage reform that is, that is beyond the non-starter. That is just never going to happen. And that is kind of a slap in the face and a stick in the eye to those of us who have been serious about fixing this problem. And that's tied into the transportation budget, correct. as I understand it, as well as right to work. Correct. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but those two things, prevailing wage perhaps has been tied to transportation mm -hmm. in the past because of the road builders, what have you. But right to work? It's just another example where rather than saying, I'm going to be serious, um, you know, I've often talked about the fact that when you start negotiations, if you put things in your proposal, which you know are absolute non-starters for me, 
that's kind of disingenuous. It's not respecting the other person because I never want to ask for somebody for something they could never give. So just like I would never say to Tony Evers, we're going to eliminate the Department of Natural Resources, right? Mm -hmm. Some conservatives might like that, but I wouldn't start there because it's certainly not honest and it's not something that he could ever accept, so it'd be a waste of our time. So the fact that he put in literally, I don't know how many poison pulls, it's, it's way more than a pill bottle full. Um, there's a lot of these in there. So the idea of putting in something like repealing prevailing wage, you know, a repealing right to work, getting rid of work requirements on welfare, raising income taxes on manufacturers, I mean, the list is so long, um, it's probably easier to say um, that we do start all over because there's too many things that we'd have to fix to use that document. So it didn't have to be this way, but I guess it's uh, unfortunately the way we have to learn to live for the next four years. Just a couple more minutes uh, with our special guest tonight, uh, Speaker Robin Voss on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. So what's the over-under on when this budget finally comes to pass? Uh, you know, we have miles upon miles of differences between mm -hmm. the Republican majority in the legislature and the Democratic governor. How long do you think this thing is going to take to work through? Well, here's an interesting thing for every conservative to remember. Our budget has to pass by June 30th, and I am confident that the legislature will have our budget passed by the deadline. Um, if for some reason the Tony Evers vetoes the entire budget, you know what happens, Matt? We go on at last year's spending. Right. So it's not like the federal government, we have a shutdown or there's some kind of a threat that people couldn't get their you know, school supplies or you know, whatever it would be to go to school. I mean, not, none of that stuff's gonna happen. So the interesting thing also is that even though Tony Evers' line item veto is the strongest in the country, so he does carry a pretty big stick, mm -hmm. um, he can't increase spending with his veto. He can only cut spending. So if we send him a budget, he can cut what we wanna spend which probably would make some conservatives happy. Sure. So I don't know what he thinks he's going to hold over us, that somehow if we don't spend enough or raise taxes that we'll go back to the old level of spending. So I, I feel like we really are in a good position to negotiate uh, and to try to say what's reasonable. But people need to have faith that there's going to be ups and downs. They're going to wonder what's going on and how it's all happening. But just know that I give you my word and the word of everyone in our caucus that we are going to fight to make this the leanest budget that we can, knowing we have Governor Evers and the other, the other um, you know, wing to deal with, but that we're not going to break any of our core principles. We are not going to be runaway spending. We're not going to be borrowing and spending. We're, we're just not going to do a lot of those things. So have faith. Um, it'll be an interesting process, and I'm glad you guys are going to be here to let everybody know what's really going on because sometimes I look at the mainstream media, uh, and they are giving a different view of the world than the one that I see up close and personal every day. Well, let me tell you, as someone who uh, uh, has been thrown out of a few choice places, <laughs> it's good to be here. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to be here. Um, and, that, you know, you, you mentioned a very good point. That is a, a very powerful bargaining position to know that this is not like the federal government. Right. Things don't shut down. We go on, and more than that, for a lot of fiscal conservatives, we go on without a $6 billion mm -hmm. budget increase, and that's what, where this budget is at right now. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, do you think that this governor, his party, will use the rejection of these core areas where you saw all of these Democrats, your colleagues, standing up and applauding? Do you see him using this as a political cudgel? They're going to try. Um, but I also know that, you know, having been here for a little while, 
Um, I sat there in 2011 when people, you know, pointed fingers at me and shouted for months, you're going to, you know, you're going to pay a price. You are going to lose your ability to govern. Mm -hmm. That was 2012 when we increased our majority. Then 2014 came along. You know what they said to me? You are going to lose your majority. You're going too far. People don't want these conservative reforms. And we increased our majority. 2016, one more time, we increased our majority again. So yes, we did lose a seat last time. Um, but we still have a good, strong conservative majority. So the people that are in our caucus, you know what they are? They are battle-tested. And they believe in the conservative cause that we have been pushing in Wisconsin. We are a place where things get done and people stand for what they believe in. So I am confident that while Tony Evers is going to talk a good game, and yes, he is going to get some wins. So I want to make sure that to conservatives. There are, there are things that Tony Evers is going to get because he is the governor. We, we can't just say no to every single idea he has. Um, but I also want to just keep reiterating, we are not going to violate principles that all of us ran on and that we have fought for eight years to get Wisconsin in the right place. Very good. It will be interesting to no say the very least. It. it already is interesting beginning tonight. I think that's the word of the year. I think that is, and I don't think it does it justice, <laughs> just how interesting it's going to be. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, for your perspective, and thank you for taking time today. As I said, uh, there are days when, you know, we get thrown out of some places. So it's <laughs> thank good, you for asking. It's good to have a place to come by. So there you have it. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting. Thank you.